Blueberry conducts physician-led support groups, helping people live healthier, happier lives, free from metabolic disease. And on our podcast, Blueberry with Dr. Lori Martis, we bring to you nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests to empower and inspire you with the knowledge and stories of plant-based lifestyle so that you can be your healthiest self. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marvis, and today I'm super excited to welcome founder and CEO of Blueberry Health, Murti Hussein. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm very good. And thank you for being on the podcast. I've been quite excited to interview you for several months. <laughs> <laughs> and this kind of goes back to everyone. I was just mentioning how the podcast is going to be partnering with Blueberry Health, and we'll get to that in a bit. But first, I really want you to understand Murthy's story, and it's a pretty cool story. And can we just kind of just start with your background, like where you're from, you're growing up, your entrepreneur, serial entrepreneurship, and uh, I think then we'll get to the blueberry because that's the, I feel like they need to understand the full breadth of your experience. <laughs> sure. How far back should I go? Well, you know, there was a day you were born. No, I was kidding. <laughs> but but <laughs> maybe if we get back to like, you know, when you were 17 and what was this idea that you had and all those things, the, the beginning of your entrepreneurship, unless there was something more you wanted to share in the background that might have influenced that. Um, yeah, let's see. I was uh, I grew up in Karachi, Pakistan. I came to the U.S. when I was 17 for university, ended up at Williams College uh, near Boston um, uh, and only lasted a year. I dropped out to start a company. Uh, we got lucky. We started a social network back in 2005 when Facebook was like one year old. And we had a VC call us up uh, from San Francisco, cold call us actually, and offered us $300,000. And the stipulation was you must drop out. <laughs> and so I had to convince, uh, you know, if you know anything about brown parents, Asian parents, uh, you know, that the yeah, and it wasn't just me, it was my brother too, and we're the only two uh, in the uh, kids in the family. So we both dropped out at the same time to start oh uh, a social networking company in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm married to a Filipino, so I've, I've been told <laughs> that you're either an engineer, a doctor, or a business person. So yeah. I'm like, um, so far, yeah, and uh, if you don't have musical lessons, you failed as an Asian parent. And I'm like, well, I guess we failed because none of the kids... <laughs> any musical lessons so I've been taught in the Asian way so yes that's a running joke actually but so here you are 17 <laughs> someone calls you from San Francisco hey here's 300 grand this is a 2005 <laughs> stop stop college I need you to run and make this business happen so what happened <laughs> yeah so we did we we dropped out of school we uh, raised some more money and we started uh essentially my first real company. Um, I had done some projects before that, but this was the first real kind of venture funded company. And it eventually grew. We had an exit a couple of years later, um, uh, turned into a company called Peanut Labs, which was sold for about 30 million uh, in 2009, I think. Wow. Yeah, 2010. Um, and yeah, it was... Uh, uh, it's quite the journey, you know, lots of ups and downs. I could probably spend hours talking about <laughs> the roller coaster ride of startups, you know. Oh, you have a series of articles um, that you had sent me before that I read. And I was like, I'm getting palpitations and I'm excited and I'm sad. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, what's happening next? Yeah. <laughs> well, that is a bug, though, right? Does it bite you? And it's hard to let go of like this is success and like, let's keep going. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, it's like, it's very hard for me to hold down a normal job. I've tried twice. Um, when my companies get acquired, I, you know, I, I go into the acquiring company and then I have a normal job. And very quickly, I realized that it just doesn't work because like, I'm always wired for action um, and like uh, chasing the right decision intellectually doesn't matter who I annoy in the process, but like it needs to be the right decision. And so just like playing politics in large companies and not hurting people's egos and you know, um, being careful of what you say, who you say it, how you say it, it was just like, I didn't want to deal with it. So every time mm. I like I sell a company, I join the company, I'm like, oh, I know exactly. Nah, no, thank you. And then I leave and then do it again. <laughs> <laughs> the beautiful thing is you're building companies that people can acquire. <laughs> um, but I feel you. Um, I'm not as, as gifted as you are just making this multi-million dollar thing keep going. That would be pretty cool. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. But the uh, yeah, I was in the Air Force and it was really, really hard for me to keep my mouth shut. And I got myself in trouble a few times. I was like, this is not how medicine should be played out. <laughs> so, yeah, I had some things happen that, you know, for example, I had a patient who was married to a, what we call brass in the military where they were, you know, a few stars on their shoulder and she didn't want to come see me. Was I was just a newly minted captain walking into this Air Force base and saying, you know, she's asking for refills like, ma'am, I haven't met you yet. These are some serious medications we should discuss in person. And uh, she didn't have any part of that. So she called a doctor that wasn't even practicing anymore, but it was on her husband's staff, had an active license and he refilled it. I was like, you must be kidding me. This is not right. <laughs> and then I complained and I got told how things happen in the military. Like, okay, I understand. So I feel the pain. So now, so when you go through all of these companies, like, first of all, how do you get an idea and how do you make this come to fruition? I mean, it's just, it's insane to me. I mean, I, I understand how the plant-based telehealth thing happened, but we had a true, is it a need that you see or is it an idea? Like, where does this happen? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's been different across each of the companies now that I think about it. You know, initially it was like, let's just find anything that can work, you know, anything that can, uh, but then, you know, like areas that we, we knew how. So um, I think this one is very different. Blueberry, like to give you some context, uh, my last company, Streamlabs, uh, was sold in 2019, right before COVID. Um, had a great exit, sold for about 150 million. And I I was kind of burnt out. Like I, because I had been doing, I've been doing startups since I was 13, nonstop, back to back, no vacations, nothing, right? And um uh and so I was like, I'm done with startups. I'm financially in a place where you know I don't ever need to work again. Uh I was investing a lot with my brother, um, Ali, my co-founder with all my companies. Uh, and it was fun. And I moved to Southern California from San Francisco to surf, you know, that surfboard is not just a prop, it gets used. Um, and so uh, I, you know, and I was like getting deep into spirituality and meditation and surfing and like life was good. Um, uh, and I told all my friends, I'm never doing another startup again. And they're all like, haha, we'll see you next year, um, which was kind of funny. Uh, and then I had this like amazing experience with my mom where my mom visited me last year over the summer. And she is like typical brown parent uh, or brown person really at this point, uh, overweight, type two diabetic, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, all the usual metabolic syndrome stuff. And 
she's been put on medications her whole life. So blood pressure medications for the last 20 years, um, uh, blood glucose lowering medications for the last two or three. And so all in all, she was taking about five or six pills a day. And like I had been reading about diet and nutrition and the link uh, for the last 10 years or so, but I'd never like put it into practice with someone. And I was like, hey, mom, like, uh, let's do something crazy. I'll put you on a raw vegan diet. So not just vegan, raw vegan. Because I had a friend at the time who was like experimenting being a fruitinarian. And so mm-hmm. I was like really inspired by just eating raw food. And I was kind of trying to do it myself as well. Um, and I did. So uh, over two months, Peter, my mom ate mostly just salads and fruits. And what's interesting is here is she was eating a ton of fruit, right? And she's type two diabetic and she shouldn't be eating fruit is the, is the conventional wisdom. And uh, I was like, no, mom, trust me. Your doctor doesn't know what he's talking about, uh, which tends to be a pretty important theme here is a lot of doctors actually give advice when they're, they're actually not well-versed in nutrition. Most, you know, besides yourself and your team, but most normal doctors right. don't know much about nutrition. Um, uh, because they're not taught this in medical school. And so her doctor thought she was crazy. I was like, no, your doctor's crazy, whatever, let's play this out. So we did. So two months later, uh, she actually stopped taking all her meds. So she came after, uh, she went from five to six to zero. Uh, blood glucose came from around 200 to uh, almost under 100. And it was 200 with the medications. Um, um, and she was also very physically active. So because she started feeling better, she started walking more. She would get on the stationary bike for half an hour and she would walk maybe an hour a day. So, you know, it was the food and it was also like that enabled her to become more physically active, which then, you know, it's a virtuous cycle. And and then she went home and I was like, holy shit, I just cured my mom. Um, And, you know, I did what is generally thought to be undoable, right? Like you can't reverse type 2 diabetes is sort of the conventional wisdom. And here I was, I did it. And then I had this like voice in my head going, you have a certain set of skills. <laughs> um, and, you know, you can either continue to be a, like a surfer bum uh, or you can go be useful to the world. And so I was like, ah, okay, here we go again. Um, initially, actually, I wanted to do it as a nonprofit, right? Because I was just about getting the message out. I didn't really want to build another business. And so the first iteration was a nonprofit and very quickly, like within weeks, I realized that to, to build a huge movement, you need to pour a lot of fuel on the fire. And that fuel mm. is just easier if it comes as venture capital. And so it has to be a for-profit company. Uh, mm. And so here we are, we, we raised a seed round uh, of funding. And, and funnily enough, the, the firm that led our, our round was the same guy who had cold called me when I was 17 in college. And he has been investing in all my companies since. And so they actually led the round this time around. Wow. And they've never had a negative return. No, knock on wood, you know, I've always. Oh, uh... that... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, no. I, okay. So I, I think people need to understand the significance. And you just kind of brushed over the fact, oh, my last company sold for 150 million. <laughs> what the third first one is 30 the first you know and whatever who knows what was in between <laughs> it's just the and I've been working with you guys for a bit now and I'm just okay when you talk about things need to move and they're you have a way of uh collaboration and efficiency and just humility and leading and some 
really is such a lovely environment to be a part of. So I, I tell you that all the time. I'm going to tell you again. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, I'm just tickled to be a part of it. And so, okay. And so we're now, honored to have you. Oh, well, thank you. I, uh, yes, thank you very much. That means a lot. Um, but I have to, you know, I, over the years of just living life, right? It's this universe thing that keeps happening over and over and over. <laughs> and the 2020, and it's kind of how like we started plant-based telehealth <clears throat> was that my job collapsed literally overnight working um, for Dr. Furman in uh, Florida when our investors pulled out and I had to go to telemedicine. Mm -hmm. And that's where I understood lifestyle medicine worked great in this format. And then we stood up plant-based telehealth and all those things that come with that. Now we have, I don't know, 12 to 14 doctors. I'm losing track of my, of, the, of our doctors. So, right. And so then you have this universe tell you, Murthy, we've, we've groomed you for this. And you decide to take your next venture into health, U.S. healthcare and all of its messiness. Yep. Let's, let's talk about how you feel the structure and where we're going. What's your mission and vision of how to solve this Mm -hmm. uh, a tad bit overwhelming yeah. problem of chronic disease. Yeah, let's talk about the problem first because I think it is underappreciated. Like I was having serious imposter syndrome, right? Mm -hmm. For starting a company in healthcare because I'm not a doctor. Um, I've never done a company in healthcare. I don't know how the insurance system works. All I know is it's broken. And uh, Amen. but. <laughs> But amen, I, amen. I, right? like it's uh, it's a pretty broken system and everyone loves to point fingers at each other. And yet companies are making money hand over fist, uh, whether it's insurance companies or pharmaceuticals or even like for profit hospitals. A lot of them, I think, are run in ways that they really shouldn't be run. Um, and so, you know, I was like, who am I trying to like take this thing on? Like um, it's just and, you know, all of my friends, I, I ran this idea by a lot of people and they all thought that was crazy. Like, they're like, hey, you don't know anything about healthcare. You don't know anything about like any of this. Like, what are you doing? And uh, and even when I pitched uh, investors, I remember a seed round. Investors very clearly fell into two buckets. One that had invested with me before and, and just knew me and said, we don't really care what you're doing as, you know, just here's the money and go, go, go build something. And the other one were people who are healthcare investors who didn't know me and you know, they were kind enough to listen to me, but they all said no. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I was like, why, why this? Why am I doing this? Why am I, uh, why am I the right person to do this? And to me, it all came back to the efficacy of the solution is so spectacular that everything else can be figured out, mm -hmm. right? Like I knew this stuff works. I just didn't know how quickly it works. Mm -hmm. Like that was the magic moment for me. Because you can literally take someone that's on insulin and like in two weeks, there's like 80, 90% chance you can take them off insulin, which to me is magic. Like it's just the efficacy rates do not exist. Uh, you know, like these are just, un these are the similar efficacy rates of if you had an infection and you took an antibiotic and the infection goes away, right? Mm -hmm. This is kind of that stuff. And there's only one other place in, in medicine or healthcare that I've seen this. Uh, and it was in psychedelics. And so I've had a, like an amazing journey through like life changing psychedelic experiences with, you know, shamans and retreats. And it, it's really helped me grow and become very spiritual. And so when the, the psychedelic compounds started to go through the FDA process and they're almost done, there's like 30 or 40 in FDA trials right now. 
uh, that sector, I was like, I'm all in investing because I know the efficacy rates are phenomenal. And so when I look at plant-based you know, diets, it's similar where the efficacy rates are amazing. And so the question then just becomes operationally, okay, what is the product? How are you going to sell it? Uh, is it coming from doctors, nutritionists, dietitians, et cetera? And so, you know, those parts can be figured out, but the, the core efficacy was so phenomenal that I was like, yes, like what it's, it's a, it's a battle worth fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, because no, nothing else compares to, to this. And if it does, you know, I'll happily change my mind and I'll get on that back. <laughs> <bandwagon. laughs> like if the keto diet did this, I'd be on the keto diet bandwagon, but it doesn't. <laughs> Um, no, 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 it does not. <laughs> well, I mean, that's literally, I changed my, my whole career and my family's diet with three teenagers who does that overnight, because I was so like, what in the world is going on <laughs> 10 years ago, never looked back. Uh, it, it is absolutely phenomenal. And at this age, I mean, my age at this point, I'm, I should be looking at okay, I'm retiring in 15 years or, you know, oh no, 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 let's go start a business. <laughs> and then uh, and join forces with the blueberries. So, you know, our doctors are super stoked about, you know, working with you and the blueberry. And um, I've come on as your part-time chief medical officer. This is really cool to work with, you know, see the synergy of what we're doing with what you're, what you're planning on doing as well in the group model um, and bringing on insurance. And so I think that's really important to share with everyone that you want to bring on the insurance so we can open the door to yeah. as many people as possible. Can you tell me a little bit about why you decided to take on that beast? Hmm. Yeah, what a beast. Uh, <laughs> as if healthcare wasn't hard enough, I was like, healthcare with insurance. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Hmm. And it basically comes down to accessibility. So if you look at you know, something like 3% or something roughly of the US population is vegan and 5% roughly is vegetarian, give or take a few percentage points, right? Uh, this stuff is very fringe. And if you like, I think did a poll, I've never done it, but it'd be cool to do this poll of like just doctors, maybe endocrinologists and ask them how many of them are actually recommending this as a, as a solution. It'll be a very small percentage, right? Um, and so, and yet, I think there's, there's one thing that's become very clear to me is as we talk to patients who've been part of our cohort, is people really listen to their doctors. Like the doctor is the source of truth. There's God, and then there's your doctor, and then there's everyone else, right? And so what you have a situation is you have most doctors giving um, advice that I think is questionable. Uh, and then you've got another group of doctors here who are lifestyle sort of, uh, or functional medicine doctors that are phenomenal and yet they don't have the same access to technology, platform, funding, et cetera. And that's really where insurance comes in because the moment you involve doctors, you have to involve insurance because the cost of running this business, like nobody's gonna pay out of pocket. Um, And so if you truly want to reach low-income people, um, ethnic minorities, you know, people who really need this, you know, it's, it's not the San Francisco elite that need this, you know, it's, uh, they have, they have plenty of expensive doctors that give them good advice. Um, it's, it's the rest, rest of America. And I think you really have to, to go through insurance. And then we looked at, okay, what is the, what is the process of building out a 50 state insurance coverage practice? And it is a nightmare. It is quite literally a nightmare. It is, you have to set up these professional corporations state by state. You have to go get approval state by state. Mm-hmm. Then you need your physicians to be licensed in the states uh, where they're seeing patients. 
Laurie here is one of the few in the US that's licensed in all 50 plus DC. Um, right, so it, it's it's such a gigantic undertaking and it costs so much money that nobody does it. Yep. And yep. so I was like, yes, you know, you just said obstacle is the way. Yes. You know, that, that, yes. So let's- Yes, let's... yes. I, I will say, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll share with people. Uh, my son gave this to me because life can be hard sometimes. And Jonathan is my, my middle child who's, who dealt with really severe uh, dyslexia, right? So he didn't, by first grade, he had a first, uh, he had just was learning to read by fourth grade, he had a first grade le- reading level and by just hard work. And it's a long story. I've had him actually on the podcast to talk about it. Um, by eighth grade, he was finally <clears throat> where he did meet special services and was on par with his class and graduated third in his class. And so he's my like hard worker, practical thinker. He has, he's 25 and he has his calendar on his wall and it's made for people to live 90 years and they're all by weeks. And he's cut, he literally slashes a week out of his life because mom, life is short. And I'm like, yeah, well, my life would be halfway over. <laughs> I looked at the post was so morbid. He's like, mom, you can't take it. I was like, I can't think that way. <laughs> anyway, he can't. that's a very long story to get to this coin, which he gave me, he goes, you know, he's, he's basically obstacle is the way the impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes a way. And so, um, you know, it's kind of like U.S. healthcare. It's, it's the obstacle is the way, and that's how we're going to get to more people. And, you know, the plant-based diet is certainly growing, but, you know, there's also this processed food, a plant-based diet, right? So people are like, oh, I'm eating plants. I mean, the processed side of that. So what are your thoughts on like the food environment and everything too? Because that's a struggle. Yeah, it is. It is so disheartening when I see people eating Beyond Meat burgers and Impossible Burgers. And, you know, there's like a fake milk for everything you can mm. think of at this point. And it's all pure junk and it needs to be thrown away and never touched with a Mm -hmm. 10 foot pole. Like that's my, you know, like the whole foods plant-based diet. I feel like the whole foods is like really the important, like, like I don't eat meat, but if someone ate meat infrequently, but like it was high quality meat, that's, that's way better than eating like, Oh, you know, impossible burger. And so, uh, yeah, I just feel like that whole food part, especially in the U S is like so key. Um, And it is such it's so disheartening to see vegan alternatives for things that really shouldn't exist. Um, you know, like you can look at Oatly, like Oat Milk. Oatly is like the biggest brand, their public company. Mm-hmm. And there's some very serious takedowns of their ingredients that people have done where it has about the same amount of fat as like a McDonald's French fries. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. And like, it's just, it, it's shocking. Um, how bad these processed foods are and yet they're mm-hmm. vegan. So people think, Oh, it must be healthy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Cause the Oatly, I, when I first grabbed it um, and reading the label, I'm like, there's like, they put oil in it, I guess, to make it more creamy and sugars. And people don't think about that, especially if they're not conscious and looking at all reading all the labels, <clears throat> but you're exactly right. It's, it's a, it's a, an unhealthy plant diet can almost is probably as unhealthy or worse than a standard American diet. I mean, it's just, you can't, you can't be eating Dr. Pepper and Oreos all day and expect to stay well. I mean, these are just, this is the way it works. Um, 
but it, it does go back to also, it's funny because, you know, so many of these popular ways of losing weight, mm-hmm. if we can just kind of walk in that, like Weight Watchers, right? You have 20 year people who never lose weight or they lose the same 20 pounds over and over. What are your thoughts on those type of restriction type diets? Uh, they simply don't work. Um, mm-hmm. Calorie restriction is a great way to lose weight for, you know, if you have a photo shoot coming in two weeks, great way. Uh, but over a period of time, uh, what it does, it just lowers your metabolism. And then when you do start binging, which you will, cause you're like sick and tired of not eating, you will get back to the weight you are and then some more. And so there's a, and that's really what's like disheartening is if you look at like some of the popular weight loss apps, so Weight Watchers, Noom is another one, uh, they're calorie restriction diets, you know, with like some fancy like marketing and like stuff on it, but essentially they give you, okay, you can eat 1400 calories every day and make better choices. Sure. But like 1400 calories is it. And that's just not a way you lose weight long-term. You know, it's just not, uh, you're going to be hungry. You're going to be miserable. And eventually you're going to break and you're going to have that slice of red velvet cake and it's going to go straight to your tummy. And uh, it's just, yeah. And I always remind people, you know, let's think about back in the day, let's say 200, 300, 400 years ago, where we didn't have the environment we are like, so we lived in an environment of just what you could grow or hunt or whatever is what you ate versus now we live in this literally <laughs> touching my feet. And then 20 minutes later, I have food delivered to me. That's, you know, not good for us. It's um, highly processed leading to chronic disease, but you know, I tell people you can't, you know, you can't use willpower. It's like finicky friend. It comes and goes as it pleases. It's just not thing. And there's three things to behavior, right? It's, it's motivation, willpower. There's the ability and a prompt. So when we see food, we are naturally inclined to eat it. That's how we're built, but we're not, we're not built for restriction because in the environment, three, 400, 500, however many years ago you want to go, we didn't have to worry about the packaged and processed foods because, it wasn't there. And so now we're in this same body (laughs) metabolism and brain Mm -hmm. and even worse in the last 30 to 50 years. um, What do you think about the statistics? Like um, most recently, I think it was in the upper twenties where our teens and preteens are pre-diabetic. I mean, it's just about a third. Yeah. Uh, Ah, what a crazy world we live in. Uh, One third of our kids are, uh, pre-diabetic numbers probably higher honestly than that uh, and then if you look at older age groups you know the number is close to 80 or 90 percent uh, and and this didn't exist 100 years ago like it exists 50 years ago yeah. <laughs> yeah no and it's interesting though because you can take a pre-diabetic and put them on a, a, a really healthy whole food plant-based oh. diet and it's reversed in 30 days yeah. i mean the first time I put an insulin dependent diabetic on the plant-based diet, I had no idea what I was doing. And so this was within the first six months or so of, cause I was like on fire, still am on fire about sharing the message. And, um, I ended up having to, she literally calling cause I, w- I was actually on call that weekend. Thank goodness. Um, my blood sugars are dropping really quickly. What I do, she was on 60 units of insulin and 72 hours off of all insulin what just happened? <laughs> uh, so then there's this word called deprescribing that really is an art to it. And um, that's really important to understand blood pressure medications, diabetic medications, 
you know, luckily your mom had you monitoring things and she, you guys were under, you were aware that things were going to get better. Mm -hmm. I mean, these were, people don't realize the power of the food that they're consuming. So it is uh, amazing. So now you, you're starting on this new adventure. (laughs) You're bringing some great people into the fold, some incredible doctors, their team, your tech team, your marketing team. So what, what do you see in unfolding in the next Mm -hmm. six to 12 months? I think the next six to 12 months, we're really trying to pioneer a new kind of care model, essentially, where we're doing group visits uh, that really allow the patient to get a lot more time with the physician. And because it's done as a group, uh, cost-wise, you know, we can make it work because otherwise, if you wanted an hour or two from your physician, uh, insurance isn't going to support it and, uh, uh, and nor can you really pay that much out of pocket. So we're trying to pioneer a, a new model based on you know, chronic disease management for, uh, for patients in a group setting. And so we're going to try that out and hopefully it works. Uh, and then we scale it. And then we scale it. There's 100 million um, pre-diabetics and diabetics in the US. And this number is supposed to go to 150 over the next five years, I think. Uh, and so I can't think of a bigger public health crisis um, than, than this. Where And it's a very predictable path of how these people progress, right? And you could almost structure it like every two years, like this will happen to you. And then this, this will happen, this will happen. And eventually you die. Well, maybe you lose a foot along the way, but you die. And like, it's, it's quite morbid, but like, it's, mm-hmm. there's no other way this plays out. It, it never reverses, never goes in the other direction. And so I understand why doctors are very skeptical to believe that it can be reversed because they haven't seen it happen in their patients. Mm-hmm. And yet you've got doctors like yourself with the most amazing stories of like, three mm. three days off insulin and and yet nobody's telling that story right no it's uh, oh mind-blowing <laughs> i mean it's it's funny i it reminds me of this one patient i had <clears throat> and i will never forget him as long as i live and uh i think he was diabetic hypertensive he was definitely overweight had a history of heart disease i'm, I'm picturing my mind as i'm listing his things and I, he knew I was that vegan doctor in this town called Rifle, Colorado, and he had made an appointment and he was like, you're going to tell me about this plant thing, aren't you? I was like, yep. <laughs> he goes, he goes, I'm going to be polite because you're a vet, you know, veteran from the U.S. Air Force, and I'm going to listen to you. And he was like, you know, that whole <laughs> the body, the body, you know, sending that message of like, I'm sitting back in my seat and you're not going to convince me. So I, you know, for me, I get really excited and I'm sure you've noticed the acceleration of my verbiage. <laughs> I get excited and uh, I was telling them stories and the science and I was like, what do you think? And I was like, you know, he's like, hmm. he goes, all right, I'm going to give it 30 days. And, you know, here we are. Let's fast forward three, six months. He's like, Dr. Marvis, he's lost weight. His blood pressure's all of that improves, right? He's like, why isn't anyone, you know, yelling at the top of the rooftops? What about this plant-based diet? I was like, I don't know. You tell me. You're the one I had to convince. Tell me what, what was it? <laughs> but it, it is really just a matter of give it a try, right? You know, let's put the train back in the deep, you know, back at the, the station. Like you said, it pulls out and it just keeps barreling down towards disease, the day you're diagnosed with diabetes, your lifespan is shortened by 10 years. And it's not the words, oh, you have diabetes. It's the hard work you put in for many years to get the diabetic diagnosis that led to that. But I mean, 
what are the things else that we can do to help people do you think mm -hmm. to convince them or not convince, but maybe make them mm -hmm. think about mm -hmm. uh, bringing on a plant-based diet? What have you seen that's been helpful? <clears throat> um, I think seeing personal transformational stories, especially from people you know, is the most effective method. Uh, because once someone transforms their life, they can't shut up about it, which is a, <laughs> which is a great thing. And so, you know, we, we have to take it from this like niche, crazy vegan thing. Like I hate using the term vegan because, mm. you know, vegans are, you know, they can be very preachy. At they're times. vegans. <laughs> <laughs> we love them, yeah. but they're vegans. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I think just saying, look, it's a, it's a whole foods, primarily plant-based, you know, you don't have to get on with the whole uh, other reasons to be a vegan, which I completely agree with. And, and that's why I switched by the way, but even if you don't agree with those reasons, um, it's still like you can, by choosing to eat plants, you're healing your body. And if you want to have a steak once in a while, fine, have your steak. But like for most meals, understand that go from eating animal products three times a day to even three times a week or once a week or whatever. Uh, but let, let's start moving in that direction, right? Because right now it's eggs for breakfast. It's like chicken or salmon or whatever for lunch. And then it's like steak for dinner. That's kind of, or mm -hmm. burgers for dinner or whatever. So that's, let, let's get away from that. Uh, uh, there is no anthropo anthropologist out there that will say that humans evolved to eat this stuff three times a day. Like it just, it didn't exist in nature. Nope. nope. Well, I mean, we couldn't have, we didn't have refrigeration. We didn't mm -hmm. have ways to maintain meat that you had killed. I mean, when you, if meat, if there was a kill, it was eaten quickly. Right. And then you yeah. would go and gather the tubers or eat the rodents along the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it always cracks me up. Those like paleo diets, like you do understand they only live to be about 25. And if you look at paleo poop, you got about a hundred grams of fiber in there. And that's more than I eat in a day. And I eat a lot of fiber. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like, it, it really cracks me up the way people just can take the facts and turn them, mm -hmm. which is interesting. I, I'd love to talk, get your take on this. Like, what do you think about, you know, things like Verta Health or, you know, they're promoting a, this paleo type eating to, mm -hmm. and they've, you know, produced research to show that it's effective with mm -hmm. um, diabetes and management. What do you think about those companies? Like, because that's going to be your primary um, competitor. Yeah, um, they're misguided. Uh, there's no other way to put it. Um, mm -hmm. I wish I could put icing on this cake, but no, it's uh, here's why. If you look at Verta Health's own study, the second year results just came out a few months ago and the A1C went up and not down. And that's exactly what we see with people do keto diets um, is initially you lose weight and you, your, your physiological markers do get better because you're losing weight for no other reason than just you lost 10, 20, 30 pounds and now your blood sugar will go down because you're just in better shape. But then what ends up happening are these whole bunch of other issues with keto that are not really talked about or understood where you've got higher levels of inflammation, you've actually decreased um, life expectancy. Uh, every year a study comes out that kind of basically says the same thing, which is like, you know, people on ketogenic diets live, live uh, less. Uh, um, and the biggest, I think the biggest uh, insight for me was the following. If you're not eating sugar, and sugar in any form, right? So even like a banana or a blueberry, your blood glucose will go down. Why? Because you didn't eat the damn sugar. 
Amen. Thank right? you. This makes so, common sense, right? right? <laughs> and so we measure diabetes with your blood glucose levels with sugar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what we really should be measuring diabetes with is your insulin resistance. And that does not get better with the ketogenic diet. So the moment you take someone who's on keto and you give them some bananas and blueberries or an apple or whatever, the spike you see is much higher than a regular diabetic who's not on keto, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So let alone how hard it is to actually stick to a keto diet, like ignore that part and how boring it can be to eat meat three times a day and, and butter and whatever, just, just pure insulin resistance. Um, and then it makes sense why, why life expectancy is reduced uh, because you haven't fixed the core underlying condition, which is uh, insulin resistance. Uh, it's not high, heightened blood glucose. Heightened blood glucose is kind of like you have a fever. An infection causes a fever. You're fixing the fever, but you should really fix the infection. Um, and that's what I think a whole foods plant-based diet does. Exactly. So it's that saturated fat. It's the fat that's keeping the insulin resistance going. Because a perfect example is if you look at type one diabetics, right? So um, I've had several type one diabetics. I take care of my youngest, I think I've had was four. Uh, so I think my oldest type one is in her close to 70. <clears throat> and what's interesting is I had one in particular went from a keto type genetic diet and went to the plant-based diet, used to have eat a banana and you know, they have to use a lot of insulin. So when they move to a, a, a plant-based diet, their insulin usage actually drops like close to 50%. <clears throat> so these are people who have to have insulin. So it's not a matter of, um, you know, what are your bodies producing? It's not like this body doesn't produce insulin. So now it's strictly a measure of insulin resistance because how much insulin are you using? And it's really interesting. Those who quote unquote reverse their diabetes with a ketogenic diet, and you feed them a banana, like you said, that's going to go up. But if I get my other person who has the same weight loss and reverses their diabetes, they can eat the banana and there's no problem, the potato. And they've, they're because they're insulin sensitive. And so it's a perfect example, like an infection. I call it a fire. You keep feeding the fire and we're just looking at the smoke, which is the glucose. But yeah, it's a, exactly what it is. So I am really excited about the research opportunities here. <laughs> so, um, when you, uh, what, what would be like on the, on the other side of your entrepreneurial life, when you're, when you're surfing and you're like that 80 year old and like, I remember the day, what would you like to see blueberry legacy be? Because I really feel it's, I see things in your universe that are happening in my universe. Are happening. I have no doubt this is going to happen. So please tell me, what do you see? <laughs> uh, a normal person walks into a normal doctor's office and they get the same message as we were trying to give. Awesome. And we've basically convinced the whole, the whole system uh, to change. You know, it's kind of like, if you look at like Elon Musk and Tesla, um, Tesla mm -hmm. open sourced all its patents. Uh, and they actually said to all the competitors, you can use all our patents because we just care about like electrifying cars and saving the planet, we don't care about really making money. Now, I don't know how true that is, but like that's at least what they said. And and that's kind of the thing where the mission is more important than 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 the the company or the money or the. Um, and so I hope we could do the same thing. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, it right. It's it's not the money that you can make because trust me, there are much easier ways. <laughs> <laughs> to make more money um, and using your brain power. Um, 
But, you know, it's the story of Nikki Cruz, for example, who lost 350 pounds. There was no, there was no surgery involved. She just changed literally to a plant-based diet. And um, I know Safia, your film person interviewed her. And so she's, I mean, just inspiration, or it's the letter you get from a past patient you hadn't seen in years. You said, you know, Dr. Marvis, I've been plant-based this whole time, but I had a friend on Facebook who said, you know, they were hundred pounds overweight, were diagnosed with lupus and really sick and scared. And so I messaged her, she said, thanks. She, she had told him about the podcast, she told him about um, some other resources and didn't hear about this person for a year. <clears throat> and then she got a, an email back and said, I just wanted to let you know, I went to a plant-based diet. I reversed my lupus. I lost hundred pounds and now I'm helping other people lose weight and they're feeling better. So it's like you start us, you start, you're like a pebble in a pond and you drop it and those ripple effects just grow. And I was a little pebble that convinces one patient that saw her friend on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So there's so many people that you mm -hmm. may infect. And that's, I just love those stories. Mm -hmm. Totally. And we're going <laughs> to hopefully, you know, like, it's, it's a cumulative effect, right? It's a snowball. And so we've got to like, um, yeah, the bigger the initial bang, the, the faster the, the, the message yes. moves. And so that's really the, the, the goal here is to go make the biggest bang we can. Yeah, absolutely. And who doesn't like a blueberry? Come on, <laughs> <laughs> here, I'm having some right now. This is, oh. my, this is my daily um, smoothie. I take a ton of spinach or greens, I, I switch it up. And then blueberries, a banana and a date. And there's so much fiber, I, my body doesn't know what to do with it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which gets to the point, which I always need to ask because if I don't ask this question, I have people literally comment for weeks on videos. Hey, why didn't you ask them what they eat? Cause I need to know, what do you eat in a day? Murti, CEO of Blueberry. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a great question. Uh, so I started doing these smoothies um here i have the whole you can see the oh wow <laughs> a little bit remaining so it's it's yeah it's about this much it's uh it's about 0 0.75 pounds of spinach and um you know the other stuff i mentioned and sometimes i have one a day sometimes i have two um i really like the raw diet and so um i eat a ton of fruits um that's like my thing i love fruits <laughs> um so usually breakfast and lunch is kind of something like this. And then there's like a cooked meal for dinner, which is usually something spicy. I love flavor. I, I need my, my, you know, desi cooking. Um, and so it's, you know, lentils or chickpeas or, but something with a ton of flavor and spice uh, to it. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's my daily food. Um, I would say uh, I'm not, a hundred percent vegan. So I would, I have eggs maybe once a week and cheese. Like I, I've, I don't actively seek out cheese, but like if I'm in a restaurant and they put a little bit of something in it, I just socially, it's easier to like roll with it. And so I'm not fully a hundred percent vegan, but I am vegetarian hundred percent. And then just social settings. I, 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 it's just easier to roll with it. Uh, yeah, that's my food. All right, we'll work on the hundred <laughs> percent. It's just I found in social settings it's so hard, right? Because then, uh -huh. like, you go to a restaurant and the menu is like fifty items, of which you can eat now five, and now if you're vegan, you can eat one or two. 
And so I'm like, where do I draw that line? Uh, oh, oh, we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> oh, there's so much. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. Um, no, I, we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's really true, though. You, you're 99.9%, right? You're that that uh that component and that's honestly one of those beautiful things i think what's going to happen with your group setting mm -hmm. is that social connection and people so the more people are connecting and growing 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 they're gonna you know affect their locality right so you make more suggestions to restaurants hey you know there's more of us than you realize and we would we would actually frequent more restaurants more often <laughs> it's just another population that you could bring into uh, your restaurant and honestly some of the best plant-based meals I've had were in a steakhouse in Chicago actually um and I'm literally sitting in a booth and there's like <laughs> steak, steak like yeah yeah I'm seriously like steak knives so-and-so ate a whatever pound steak and I was like okay this is insane but I mean like when they were so funny I was like do you have any like a plant-based menu like you're in a steakhouse. And I was like, well, <laughs> I explain. I don't have no, I'm on foot. This kind of late and I really need to eat. And they're like, how about a sweet potato and all this steamed vegetable? And they made this beautiful plate. They were so excited to present it to me because they're like, they never get <laughs> this type of request. So yeah, you know, I, I feel like that social stuff is so important, but you're exactly right. It is hard at sometimes. Um, but uh I guess, I guess finally, you know, I, I'm keeping us to the hour here is what would be your bit of advice, your last bit of advice to someone who's one, either suffering and contemplating a plant-based diet, or what would be your advice to, to someone in this, in this type of situation most Americans are? Watch out for the false flags. And so let me list out the false flags here um, that I had to learn by mistake, by making all these mistakes. So one are oils, especially like processed oils, right? So stuff like canola, generic vegetable oil, uh, all these seed oils. You know, it's one thing to cold press like olives and get virgin sort of olive oil. Um, it's a whole other thing. If you actually look at the videos of how these vegetable oils are made, there's nothing about them that is natural. And that's, if you go to a restaurant and you order French fries, you think you're having like vegan French fries cooked in vegetable oil, but that oil is straight up pure toxic for you. That's, uh, you really should not be having that. So even though you think you may be vegan, but the oil layer is a very important layer, especially if they're deep frying something, right? Uh, a, a, a tiny, tiny bit of oil is, is really what you're trying to go for. But if you go to a restaurant, it's anything but tiny. Uh, and so that's a false flag. Uh, uh, Another one I found is, you know, all the, the vegan label stuff. So Beyond Meat, like all the meat alternatives, all the milk alternatives, cheese alternatives. At this point, you can find vegan for anything in the supermarket. And, and generally, they're all bad for you. Some exceptions maybe, but generally speaking, that whole category that we're going to make something taste like an animal product, but it's really not an animal product, needs to be avoided. Um, because then again, you think, oh, I'm vegan. I had impossible burger instead of a beef burger and I felt worse. So vegan diet must suck. That's mm -hmm. generally how that thinking goes. Um, I would say the third false flag in my experience has been um, feeling like you uh, need to compromise on taste. Uh, and, and this one took me a long time to figure out because 
look, meat does not have much flavor unless you truly like the meat of raw meat, which most people don't, right? Uh, meat gets spiced and therefore it has a certain flavor. And the same spicing process can happen with chickpeas, lentils, uh, really beans, et cetera. And so the magic really is in the spice. It's not in the meat. It's just that meat oh, historically was seen as like, if you're going to a restaurant, it feels like a treat. So the restaurant puts all their effort into spicing their meat dishes and the non-meat dishes are left to the side. Uh, so really explore spices. There's a ton of cultural heritage from India, from Thailand, from North Africa around spicing vegetarian food and making it taste great. And so you don't have to like figure this out. There's like a ton of interesting stuff. I'll just go on YouTube and type in tasty vegetarian or vegan uh, Indian food. Uh, and, and you'll see, just don't put as much oil as they're putting into their stuff. That's the only thing. And yeah, so those would be, I would say the, the three false flags to avoid because it's easy to get someone to say, okay, go vegan. And most people will be like, okay, I'll try it for two weeks. But what does it actually mean to do it? Uh, and, and all the, the usual pitfalls, I think, uh, are important. No, I think that's really important because I know that part of the, it's messaging, right? It's how you deliver the message. It's the actual <clears throat> package, but you have to be very clear. This is a whole food plant-based diets, fruits, veggies, beans, whole grains, some nuts and seeds, and substantially more on the, you make sure you're eating enough. Because sometimes when I was first telling people, Oh, go on a plant-based diet. They just would eat fruits and veggies. They left out like beans and grains and are eating enough. They're like, I'm feeling tired. I'm losing too much weight or whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, I need to kind of be a little bit more clear. So, but yeah, I think that's exact. Those are very good things to be mindful of. Um, and I, I, could, I couldn't uh, explain that even more, but so the website. Mm -hmm. It's going to be blueberry.health. We're going to launch in a few months from now, once we have the insurance um, set up, done. So it's going to take, it's going to take a while, but uh, we're going to start running small test groups. If you're interested in just being part of the beta test groups, uh, just go sign up, put in your email and we'll, uh, we'll let you know. Awesome. So blueberry.health guys. And of course, there's going to be um, the tags in the bottom. And from now on, the Health Human Revolution podcast will be Blueberry Health with Dr. Lori Marvis. So I'm excited to Waiting for my swag, Richard. It's coming. It's swag. coming. All right. It's coming. We, we are working on it. In, I've said that in public now. So now there's a little extra pressure. It's coming. All right. All right. All right. We talked <laughs> about swag before. <laughs> well, thanks everyone for listening. And I'm excited to see uh, Blueberry Health grow and plant-based telehealth and helping these doctors see more amazing patients and just our the, the wellness uh, movement, let it begin. And I'm excited to be a big part of it. So thank you, Marthy, for coming off out of the, the water and putting your surfboard aside and taking on this beast of a American healthcare. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, let's, let's see. This will be a fun journey. <laughs> it will. All right. Thanks everyone for listening.